Tips from Trestle is brought to you by The Belcher Companies, Navigator Group Purchasing, E-Menu Choice Point of Sale, and Clark Food Service and Equipment. Welcome to Tips from Trestle, the Senior Living Food and Hospitality Podcast. This podcast explores the senior living industry with a unique focus on food, hospitality, and the community experience. I'm your host, Aaron Fish. During three decades in the hospitality industry, I focused my work on creating exceptional experiences for the customers we serve. My goal for this podcast? Educate, inform, and inspire leaders in senior living. How? By creating hospitality with a purpose, by bringing the customer experience to the front of mind in our industry. We should bring the passionate spirit of food and hospitality to everything that we do and everyone we serve each and every day. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Today on Tips from Trestle, my guest is Kate Risa. Kate is the Divisional Director of Human Resources with Lake House Senior Living, a new Upper Midwest Regional Operator of 37 assisted living communities supported by Discovery Senior Living. Kate has over 20 years of HR experience working with many senior living operators and industry support services. Kate, thanks for being here today on Tips from Trestle. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. So since the last time you were on the podcast, you've obviously changed roles. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing in Lake House Senior Living. Yeah. Like you said, Lake House Senior Living, we are a brand new Upper Midwest regional operator. We're part of the Discovery Senior Living umbrella, and we have 37 uh, assisted living personal care communities in Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. And we're really excited about um, our future. Yeah, no, that's really, really great. It's exciting to kind of change roles and to be able to influence so many properties and help them like come into the circle, the fold with Discovery and really get them going on the right track. And so um, one of the the reason we're talking today is I wanted to talk to you about kind of staffing and interviewing and recruiting because this is, you know, it's been an ongoing challenge. It's gotten a little bit better, I think, but it's not where we all want it to be. And so knowing that that's kind of still an ongoing struggle, um, what are some considerations that you have in your role um, that you keep in mind when it comes to recruiting? Yeah, I think that that's a good question when it comes to recruiting, because really the way that job seekers look for jobs and apply for jobs is so different from before when I first entered the workforce. Uh, now everything is very quick and we need to make it easy and it needs to be short and sweet in order to retain our attention. So I think that's the first thing when we're looking at recruitment is we need to figure out what does a, how does a, a job seeker think and where are they looking for jobs? How are they applying for jobs and what do they want from an employer? So the first thing that I always look at is that I think we need to be utilizing technology as employers. The fact that we're utilizing places like Indeed or Career Builder Monster, different zip recruiter, different resources like that are great. 
but technology is really going to help us embrace and automate the efficiency of the job posting and recruiting process. So utilizing applicant tracking systems is really going to help you get some good metrics and cover a lot of different sites for your job postings to reach the maximum amount of job seekers that you can. I wouldn't stop there though. If it, if for us, we utilize social media. If you think about it, Aaron, yeah. I mean, how many times are you on, you know, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, all the other different websites or social media platforms. And we see things yeah. and we go through these little short videos so quickly. And what's interesting is I, I don't see a lot of uh, employers talking about their culture and their workplace and doing little yeah. employee spotlights because as a job seeker, I want to see what it's really like. I see your job posting, right? The yeah. job posting looks really appealing because as employers, we want it to look that way. We want to attract job seeker, but give them a realistic picture of what they can expect as you know, a caregiver, as a housekeeper, as a cook in a community. Give yeah. them those, those little insights that'll help them get a better perspective. Because a lot of times, especially back during COVID, we couldn't bring job seekers in to give them a tour of our communities. So we've got to find different ways to utilize technology in a short, concise way that will give job seekers a view into the day-to-day life of the culture. Yeah, no. And I think about what you're saying with technology and thinking about like the, the different generations that you're kind of marketing to. Um, and I think you kind of covered the gamut with, you know, kind of your traditional uh, older applicants who maybe are going to career builder or indeed in applying, but then like the like Gen Z and, and younger millennials are like, hey, I want to know about you first before I even think about working for you. Mm-hmm. And seeing that culture kind of line out on social media, it's something that I think we as an industry have missed out on. There's great videos about what we do for residents from a marketing perspective, but not necessarily for employees. Right. And, you know, we've been talking about the future of work forever. And we can keep talking about the future of work too. But the thing that's most important to understand about the future of work is the future is now. And this has to be our wake-up call. This has to be our rally that rally cry to stop thinking about the future of work and start thinking about the now. And I don't necessarily want to make this a fault issue, but we haven't worked fast enough. I mean, if you think about our ability to buy things online and our ability to interact with people wherever they are, I've got kids. And I've watched my kids do their homework online, interact with their friends, play games, and research information that we need. In the past, we would have had to go to the library and find a book for, right? right. So it's all a lot faster. Today, we can message someone. We don't have to send a letter. We can find information we need. And we can buy the things we want with just the click of the mouse. So what's interesting at work, though, is we aren't doing a good enough job of leveraging technology. And so it's really interesting to me that some senior living groups are still using paper for their HR programs, like new hire paperwork I have found is still in good old fashioned paper. Performance evaluations. So many of those operators that I've worked with in the past have not utilized a performance evaluation program. We've got paper schedules, we've got paper recognition programs, even paper time cards. And there are so many platforms out there that can help us automate these processes and just make them so much more efficient. And technology is here to stay and it's the future of work. So we really need to maximize 
from the very beginning, the way that we utilize technology. Yeah, that that point you make about like the immediacy of being able to respond and interact, like that's almost an expectation, I think, of job seekers now, right? Like, I remember when we would be recruiting cooks and and chefs, you know, in in a prior career. And one of my biggest frustrations as, as a corporate person was that the constant complaints about, well, the system isn't getting people, yeah. you don't have enough people. And you dig in and what you'd realize is, is they're letting people who have applied sit on the shelf for three, four, five, six days, you know, and they're complaining about, you know, their immediate needs. Like, well, you should stop and you should text those people. You should call those people. Right. And as soon as somebody started picking up the phone and literally texting or calling, boom, they were like, wow, it's amazing. We're getting all these applicants. Well, they were there the whole time. They just right. didn't have that like immediacy of what the technology would allow them. And they would yeah. leave. Today, I want to tell you about one of Trestle's senior living partners, Belter. Belter is a food service design, equipment, and supply company that has been providing expert guidance to the food and beverage industry for nearly a century. A strategic partner to the most successful food service operations in the country, Belter provides support in kitchen and bar design, equipment procurement and install, and supplies. Their team of senior living food service experts have experience across the continuum of care. From independent living to skilled nursing and CCRCs, Belter specializes in right-sizing new facilities, modernizing remodels, and providing the right food service equipment and supplies. At Belter, they are committed to creating memorable experiences for their customers and their guests. With their top-notch team and a global network of quality supplier partners, their customer-focused approach is built on a foundation of collaboration and decades of industry experience. So thank you for considering Belter for all of your food service needs. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm so glad that you mentioned the, the technology and communication piece because it's I think as a society, we're really becoming so much more disconnected from that personal experience. And as a job seeker, the longer you're going to sit and make me wait, there are lots of jobs available in the market and I'm going, I'm not going to sit and wait for one. So job seekers, like I said, it needs to be quick. We need to be able to respond. And so even if you need more time, just let that person know, and then you can keep them. You'll be surprised how long they'll stay in your pipeline. As long as you keep regular communication with them. Yeah, it's definitely a, a switch in mindset for a lot of operators and, and leaders who are hiring, I think, to be able to understand what they're looking for and how quickly they need to engage. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I, I, I wanted to kind of pick your brain about was um, with all of these challenges around recruiting and, and getting people in, um, how do you see the future of work versus how people work today? What can, can we do in the recruiting process to make that mindset shift happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when it comes to technology, and we talked a lot about that, but you know, one thing I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up is when it comes to job seekers, recruiting and hiring folks, you know, the first thing that, that a lot of us go to when we look at a job is what's the pay, right? right? I want to know what the pay range is. And a lot of times, with the pay transparency laws really flooding the across the U.S. and really becoming more, um, more, uh, I'd say, uh, 
job seeker focused, employee focused, and, and that's okay. Um, we need to do a better job of being transparent as employers and not just disclosing pay, but what other things are you bringing to the table? We're, I'm not coming to the company just because of the salary. I want to know what all the other perks are. And a lot of times we get lost as employers in and so focused on what the pay is that we don't highlight the other things that we do. Like we have, for example, we have insurance, just like a lot of other groups do. But how much are you actually contributing toward that insurance? Because the cost of healthcare goes up every single year. We see premium. I have not. I have yet to see premiums go down. I want to keep my fingers crossed. But that's continuing to go up. So we need to look at our total comp package when it comes to insurance and how we can help uh, manage some of those costs for, especially for our frontline workers. The other thing I would say is is retirement. Uh, a lot of groups that. Uh, that I've seen haven't done an employer match. We do an employer match at our company and a lot of that really encourages a lot more participation. People get excited when you talk about that, when they're thinking about retirement. Um, Paid time off is huge. Work-life balance is such a big focus with today's job seeker and is going to continue to be a driving factor. Work-life balance, right? And, And respecting those boundaries. You'll find a lot more of the newer generations coming into the workplace, they don't want to see your emails coming in at eight, nine o'clock at night. They don't want to work on the weekends. They want to work when you're, they're scheduled to work and nothing else. So the time of in the past where we're, we're seeing workers that were dedicated to working for a single employer for 20 years and working at all hours of day and night at employers back and call, that's just not the mindset of today's job seekers. So it's really important for us to build a program that embraces that, but also doesn't yeah. jeopardize the integrity <laughs> of managing the operation and serving the residents, right? Because that's what we're here for. But there's other little things that you can do. It's not just about pay. It's about all of the other, the total compensation packages and programs and perks that you bring. And you should highlight those. And you can do those through a number of different ways, through utilizing technology. You can go and meet with different job seekers at different events. You can partner with universities and colleges. And that's one thing that we've really been focused on because our industry, and I'm kind of going down, I guess, a different path here, Aaron, so redirect me, but we've we really struggled to get younger generation interested in senior living. And we have such a huge demand for younger generation, younger workers to come into our industry that we're really, really starting to, and continue, I shouldn't say starting, we're continuing to struggle with non-senior living industry employers, like the Amazons, like the Walmarts, who are keeping up with what a lot of job seekers want nowadays. So we don't, we shouldn't be left in the dust anymore. We need to, this should be our wake up call. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it leads me to want to ask you a question. One of the things that, uh, you know, when we hear people talk about the different generations in the workforce and the things that they value and what they look for in an employer, the, the younger generations that you were talking about, one of the things that they seem to be really dialed into and focused into, in addition to, you know, do I make ends meet, is what's the purpose of the organization that I'm working? Yes. What's the mission? How can I make an impact by working in this job? You know, it's an interesting dichotomy. You talk about like older workers are like they're dedicated because it's they do the they do their time with the company. And it was about how can I mutually benefit the growth of a company? Now it's shifted to I want to work with the organizations 
that have the right purpose, that have the right mission that fit what I value. And so mm-hmm. how does that impact how you interview, how you recruit? How does the, the, that kind of shift the thinking that managers and leaders need to look at? Yeah. Uh, at, at Lake Cal Senior Living, we hire for heart. We can teach you a lot of the procedures, policies, processes that, that we do, right? We can teach you some of that, but we can't teach you how to care about a resident, truly care about their well-being. And we want people who believe in what we're doing and what we're here to, who we're here to serve and not just show up for a paycheck. And so We've actually designed our recruiting process around each individual role and utilizing personality assessments to determine who is the right fit in our organization. We have this picture of an ideal, let's say, executive director. And our talent acquisition team has developed a set of questions that helps grow and and build on a person's Um, heart and passion for senior living and understand if they are a true fit with what our mission is to serve those seniors. Um, In addition to that, we also use, so not just interview questions, but we also really, really lean heavily on personality assessments. And we utilize those for every single leader position that we are uh, recruiting for in our community. And if a person doesn't fall within our targets, Oftentimes we find that those are the folks that really struggle to succeed in our industry. They either don't have the passion, don't have the capacity to understand our operations, um, but those that fit within our target have, we found them to be very successful. So that's what we're hiring for is heart. We can teach you how to do tasks, but we need someone who's coming in and is really here focused for the residents because that's really what our mission is as a company. The Navigator is the largest full service GPO that exclusively focuses on the senior living community. And what that means is we provide products and services that help our members provide a great environment for their residents, such as like MRO, hospitality equipment, food, business products, as well as technology solutions. We actually surround our members with a level of support unmatched in the industry. Yeah, no, that, you know, and. I've had some experience with building those profiles of a, yeah. what's, the, what's the perfect executive chef for our organization. And a lot of times what I learned was, you know, we thought kind of old school about like, well, they needed to be able to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. And we build those profiles and they, they didn't work very well. We would hire people and they kind of floundered. Um, and what we started doing was we would look internally and say, okay, We've got, you know, four, five, eight individuals who are really thriving. They are very, you know, purposeful about what they do. They want to do this for the right reason. Yeah. And so we would use them as kind of and create a profile around them. And I, it was so interesting to see how different those interviews went once we kind of did that. And so I think you definitely make a really sound point about that. Yeah. Um, it's such a mindset shift. It yeah. really is. I'm curious, how do you, you mentioned that you do this for all your leadership roles. How can you push this kind of same concept down to the front line? Because there's so many more, you know, just roles that have to be filled there. Um, And a lot of organizations may be hesitant to do something like I'm going to create a profile for a caregiver, or I'm going to create a profile for a server in the dining room. And so how can you do that um, to be successful and kind of still maintain that, that purposeful Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, one thing that we've talked about, you and I, in the past, we've talked about every role is a five-star role, right? Every single role is critical to our organization. So when we approach hiring for a cook or a care manager, caregiver in our communities, that's not something we take lightly because that's such an essential role to the day-to-day living and operations of the community that it's so critical for us to find the right fit because the residents see so many people coming in and out of their apartments and working with them and caring for them, but that's confusing for our seniors. So we really want to find people who are dedicated and this is the spot where they belong. So care managers, caregivers, cooks, those are really critical roles. Leaders don't, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm dismissing (laughs) leaders, but the frontline workers are really where we We need to spend a lot more time focusing on the value of those roles. And yes, they turn over a lot. So we need to continue to focus on and highlight. These are five-star roles. Every role is a five-star role and so essential to the operations. Yeah. Well, but I think if we do some of the things that you've mentioned and that we've talked about on those frontline roles, you probably would see longer tenures and less turnover because those people are going to be good fits. They're going to be there for the right reasons. And they're going to be connected with the job they have as opposed to, you know, putting a caregiver in a cook role. That's just not going to work. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) not necessarily. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the other thing I'll just mention is that you need to listen to your employees. And I get a lot of employee calls throughout the day. And I had a really tough discussion the other day with one of the executive directors who I had to deliver some pretty tough news, wasn't what they wanted to hear, but we talked it out and listened. And at the end of the conversation, she said, you know what, Kate, I I don't love what you told me, but I feel like you listened to me and you heard what I said. And we do regular and and constant feedback. We do mass emails asking for feedback. We are part of the great places to work. And so we do surveys. We not only take that feedback and we don't just we don't just review it, but we come up with specific action plans on what we can do to improve the employee experience. And we do that with the employees. We do it with the residents. There's a lot of groups that do surveys annually, and that's really great. We do them at certain increments and ask for that feedback regularly. So we know what is the 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 today's issue or the the current issue, not just once a year, listen to your staff and ask for feedback. Yeah. That, that, those extra touch points once a year is not enough. Right. And no, right. For, for me, you know, when I, when I work with different operators and, and I'm consulting on how they improve their programs, one of the things I tell them is you have to listen to your employees, right? I, I could lay out the perfect processes for you on paper or digitally. Yeah. And it, it may not work because you may have something unique about your operation, the way your kitchen's set up, the way your staff operate, your hours, whatever it might be. And so getting that constant feedback on things is going to improve not just like employee mm-hmm. satisfaction, but the operation as a whole. So it's right. super critical. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. So mm-hmm. um, as we kind of uh, come to the end of our time here, What advice would you give to frontline managers as they really work on kind of getting all of these ideas and putting together a really strong interviewing process? Mm -hmm. 
I think the most important thing is as a leader, especially if I'm an executive director and looking at my community, I really need to have a good understanding of what is the culture of my community, what's the environment. I don't want to bring somebody in who really doesn't have a heart for what we're doing and what we're about. Um, and if you have a really good, stable team, you need to find somebody who's a fit within that team and then give that person as you're doing the onboarding process and the assimilation process, as we call it here, give them a mentor and help them assimilate into the team and continue to build that culture because having a new person come in is it, it's disruptive to the team. And so helping them understand that change is constant and that it's okay to have certain feelings but partner and be a team and help folks um, come in. So I think it's really important to hire for heart and make sure that you're interviewing for personality and fit in the culture and not just skills. Yeah, no, that's such great advice. And I think there's a nice little bow on everything we've talked about today. So um, as we leave, Kate, how can people contact you, follow you, reach out to get more of this great HR wisdom that you're sharing with us today. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I am, uh, I'm on LinkedIn and available by email and phone and my information will be in some of your, uh, your notes, your session notes. Absolutely. Well, Kate, thanks again for letting us talk through this struggle of staffing and, and finding the right people and how to do that. And it's been a great conversation. So thanks for being yeah. here on Tips with Trestle. Yeah. And Aaron, I want to give you a shout out because the hospitality programs that you have been talking about and implementing with different operators have been so essential to building culture. So major kudos to you and what you're doing. Your mission is so important to our industry. So keep doing what you're doing, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kate. All right. So there you have it, another one in the books. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Please follow, like, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at Tips from Trestle. You can also learn more about the work I do by following me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. And be sure to check out Trestle Hospitality Concepts at www.trestlehospitalityconcepts.com. I'm your host, Aaron Fish, and this has been another episode of Tips from Trestle.